Welcome to In The Zone. I'm your host, Garrison Roy. Today, we have a very awesome full-length episode. But before we get into that, if you have any other topics or questions that you want answered, email in to inthezonepodcast123 at gmail.com. But like I mentioned, today is a full-length interview. We do have rants as other episodes and also mental minutes that are a lot shorter that are just kind of more of me splurging and adding some value for more on the mental game side of things. Um, you know, but all that, it's all free, right? So I want you guys to share the show as much as you can. I'm not making any money off of this podcast. It's all value exchange, right? So the more you exchange, the more you share, the more I'll be able to pour into those types of, um, you know, episodes for you guys. So the more feedback I get or the more it's shared, the more I'll put time into that for you. Um, not going to run ads or anything like that because, you know, it's annoying and I don't want people to tell me what to say because we're going to just have a freedom of speech here, right? But we're all here to grow the game of baseball, call out any of the BS and all the other, um, you know, just snake oil salesmen in the industry that we all, you know, don't like to hear about. But today we have Marshall Denton from U- University of Arkansas, formerly played there, and now he's coaching. Marshall, what's up, dude? How's it going? Thanks it's for having fun. me. Yeah, absolutely, dude. I know. So... I guess we could kind of start off like how we recently connected and then like even in the past because we were both from the Arkansas area, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, you just kind of like reached out via DM, which is awesome. Like that's the best part of social media, I think, is, you know, regardless of wherever you're at, you can still connect with like-minded people. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Yeah. And then we took uh, apparently like a camp together, right? Way back in the day. Yeah. So I remember... You no, know, I was going to a UCA camp when I was like 11 or 12 yeah. and it was a pitcher camp, you know, it was with Wes Johnson, who is now famous as always. But um, <laughs> anyway, I was at the camp and there was a ton of people there. And I specifically remember this guy who was this little left-handed pitcher and he had a water jug, this big water jug he was carrying with him. And he's from Benton. And I was like, who is this guy? He looks, he looks kind of cool. So, uh, <laughs> and then I found out his name was Garrison Roy and, I kind of kept track with him through his through his career, and the next thing I know, he's working for you know Randy Sullivan down at the Florida Baseball uh, used to be Ranch, now the Armory, and then yeah. you know he's working with Cressy. And I'm like, dude, this guy is really like upped his game. Like he is he is working with the pinnacle of like the best people. So it's yeah. really cool to like it's really cool to follow someone and see the success that you've had. So I appreciate that, man. It's definitely been a journey for sure, and you know everyone has their own piece of the puzzle and I was trying to grab as many pieces as possible and, you know, help put together a bigger picture. Yeah. But yeah, Wes, dude, how was, how was playing for him? Did you enjoy that? So it's kind of funny how that all played out because, you know, when I committed, Dave Jordan was still the pitching coach at Arkansas. Okay. um, Dave Jordan's a great, great guy. Love him to death. Um, Very old school in his ways. So you don't see a whole, a lot of the the technology resources that you see nowadays. I remember going on my official visit 
and Coach Jorn still, you know, they were doing the towel drill. They were doing stick drills. They were doing really just stick they, drills. Yeah. Yeah. It was all it was like little like, dowel rods with tape on the end of it. Right. Yes. Like use that almost like a towel. Yeah. Yeah. Basically like, to feel the extension, I guess, is what, you know, the whole purpose of a towel drill would be. But um, no, I, uh, you know, he was the pitching coach. And then the summer after I graduated high school, I'm playing for the Midland Redskins up in Ohio. And I see on Twitter, I think it was, I see Dave Jorn has um, stepped down as the pitching coach. And my first thought is like, oh, crap, what's going to happen to me? Because this dude, this dude was highly recruiting me. You know, Tony had recruited me quite a bit. I had only talked to Coach Van Horn just just briefly. It was mostly from Coach Jorn who really liked me because, you know, I was a right-handed specialist. I didn't throw real hard, but I, I threw a ton of strikes and I could get guys out. So, you know, I'm sitting here thinking like, dude, what's going to happen? And I had known Wes was in the league because he was at Mississippi State. And I was thinking to myself, I was like, I mean, it's got to be him, right? Because he's from Arkansas. They just had a heck of a year at Mississippi State. He makes dudes throw absolute cheese balls. So I was thinking like, he's going to be our guy. And then yeah. sure enough, I find out Wes Johnson's pitching coach. And I immediately thought of the UCA thing. And I was like, Dude, the guy that I met at UCA, Coach Johnson, when I was 12 years old, is going to be my pitching coach. And that is it's so sick, right? It's, it's like, so sick. Oh, world, how it all circles back. Even yeah. before, So even before he went to UCA, I followed Wes. He was with uh, Coach Gum out at um, South Arkansas, SAU. Yeah, yeah. And was a pitching coach for there for a while. And mm-hmm. I don't know if it was – I think it was a hitting coach that was there at the time because I went to all these little camps as much as I could when I was younger. Yeah. Yeah, my dad was like, I don't know shit about baseball. I'm going to have <laughs> learn from other people. So I was like, okay, cool. That's right. Uh, yeah, so like he at least knew his limits and stuff. And I was like, I want to you know, try to be the best I could possibly be. Yeah. Uh, but the, one of the hitting coaches there, just kind of going on a tangent here, but he said like the bigger your forearms, the harder you can hit and the harder you can throw. And I'm like, sick. All right. We're going to go get a stick and we're going to roll the little two and a half pound plate all the way up, all the way down like, <laughs> a few times a day. Needless to say, it got my forearms very juicy, but I don't know if it correlated to Velo or not. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> so going back, I, I kind of want to touch on this a little bit because this is probably a good point. To, and I'm curious to see what your viewpoint is on this of like Dave Jordan talking about the stick drill, the towel drill and extension, right? Right. Um, so I've come to realize, and I used to be an avid towel drill guy. Like I'd wake up 5am in the morning, do NPA stuff and whatever to the, to the ranch stuff. Um, you know, that kind of steered me away from that, uh, which I'm thankful for, but I think there's, there's a big difference, especially now when you're looking at like Trackman data or or Rapsoda or whatever, and they talk about extension. Um, there's a big misconception. I think, I don't know if it's still as prominent, but a lot of people think extension is just like, Hey, how far out can I reach? Yes. But I think there's a corruptive way of like, whether it's the towel drill or, you know, whatever drill you're going to use. If you're like folding forward, right? Like a forward ab slam or ab lean. Yes. Right. I think that's like false extension or like, you know, they're trying too hard to get to that. Right, natural, just unwinding, and then everything kind of comes there. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I agree. Like letting it naturally play out how it should, yeah. instead of forcing yourself from like a mechanical standpoint of 
man, I really got to get there. Cause a lot of times I feel like when people overemphasize the mechanical things, you screw, you can screw up your delivery. And then right. from there it can cause a chain reaction of things to happen. So. Yeah, no, you're spot on, man. I, you know, it's, if you overemphasize that like extension piece, for example, like you could be corrupting your lower half overstriding and then you're like, you know, the whole domino effect of things. Right. But yeah, yep. it is valuable to know that information, but you shouldn't be chasing like further extension or release different release height um, as like the main metric that you're trying to go for. Right. It's a, it's an identifier or like the little checkpoints, not like the pinnacle of what you're, what you're trying to reach for, whether that, that could go for like vertical break, horizontal break or below whatever. Right. Like as right. just measurables that you're trying to shoot for. Um, mm-hmm. I do obviously like for some off speed pitches, like it's going to be a little shorter, but it's good to note those to see like, Oh, Hey, did you actually like cut yourself off? Right. Did you not get that full extension on, some of those off-speed pitches and stuff like that. It's a pretty valuable tool. What Did you guys, um, I know you guys might have had access to some technology there. Did you guys have TrackMan or AppSoto and kind of lean on those while you were at U of A? Oh, yeah. So I had never even heard of these things before. Right, yeah. Being from BB Arkansas, you don't don't have any of that. (laughs) So, um, but yeah, man, we uh, roll in day one and, I find out what TrackMan is within our first scrimmage, and we would we had the we had we had a portable TrackMan, and then we had the TrackMan that was hooked up to our stadium. And so every time we'd go out and scrimmage, we would scrimmage, and then immediately after practice, you would have your your TrackMan data sitting at your locker at your locker with mm-hmm. all your stuff on it. So, which for me was a lot at that time because I had no idea what a lot of this stuff meant. Now. As I, you know, progressed, became more mature and had these coaches explain these things, it, it got better. But yeah, I mean, TrackMan, we had RepSoto. Um, we used Edutronic for pitch design and doing overlays, which was really cool. And then we also had, I'm trying to think what else we had. Um, and then really from, you know, not techn- technological standpoints, but really we used a lot of oat specialties type stuff. So like yep. the bag, the connection ball. Um, sock throws. Yeah. Yeah. Sock throws. Yep. Yep. So that's, that's really, you know, what we did. And then for our hitters, you know, they used, they used flight scope and they used um, rap Soto as well. And then they have the blast motion sensors. So um, a lot of technology going on. And then finally, I can't believe I did. I forgot this, the new force mount. Um, which yeah, is really it. cool to talk about because, you know, Kyle Barker, you know, my freshman year, we didn't have one yet. And and I know that Wes and Kyle are really good friends. I think they went to high school together, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, so I trained Kyle's son. Will. Uh, Will yeah, Will. I don't I haven't been in touch with him lately, but he was like, it was like early beta testing with it. Mm-hmm. Um you know, before or while I was working with Randy and then they just kind of like came out with it. I was like, Oh wow. Yeah. That's a game changer. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, it was immediate feedback, you know, it's not something that you have to try and play a guessing game. Like, well, maybe it's this, or maybe it's that. No, it's like you get direct feedback, direct objective feedback seeing, Oh, I'm not putting, you know, this amount of weight into the ground. So Mm -hmm. for us, it was huge. Now in the early stages, 
you know, in 2017, I think he had just really started getting into it. And, you know, we had a prototype and the problem was it, the plates in the bottom kept shifting around and something like that. So he worked on it for a little bit and then he brought us a new one, which by the way, if you haven't picked one of those things up, don't ever do it. They weigh like a thousand pounds. It seems <laughs> like. So me and Kevin cops had to carry that thing and I'll never forget. And it was terrible, but, um, but no, we got, we got really good, um, data from it. It was, it was sweet. So that's awesome. So I guess now, like where you're at in your coaching world, you don't have access to maybe a few of those things, but not all of those things. Right. One, cause right. of you no know, price point, of course, but what have you taken away that you have either just like with your own, like coaching coaches, I like be able to observe after being exposed to all that data to know, Hey, this may not look right. Or this is like, what could possibly be going on here? Yeah. So what I try to do since I'm very limited with, technology of course um the place i work out um is in sherwood it's performance prospects which you have dustin mosley who is the owner of performance and you have andy menard and scott mcwilliams who run prospects so they've actually merged together and we're trying to work on development as well as the team building aspect um with me being more involved in the the development aspect which this summer we got we got a really good opportunity to kind of do a trial run of the whole remote style training. Mm -hmm. So what I did was, is with our teams was I set up a Google classroom, which was really basic. You know, I just wanted to try it out. Um, Everybody had the link to the Google classroom and I would post um, the workouts and then I would post um, the throwing programs, mobility routines, the scap routine, Hands, um, based for for each guy so it was different for everybody because obviously everybody's different you can't train people the exact same way right so um which it was a lot of work but it's something man you know if you love it that's all that matters so oh, yeah. for me it was it was really cool so basically what i would do is, is i would get video from the side and from the front and that would be kind of the starting point was like being able to look at some of those um, those, those indicators of his delivery, kind of like what Randy talks about and really basing, you know, everything off of that. And then obviously doing the physical assessments. So like measuring, you know, for example, hip, hip IR, hip ER, and then, um, you know, shoulder IR, ER, um, just, and stuff like that, like T-spine. So basically yeah. everything we can assess, that's like in the state of Arkansas, man, like every facility I've been to, Nobody does that. And it's just like, it's crazy. Pretty much in the dinosaur ages out there, huh? It's dude, it's still in the dinosaur ages. And anytime you try to, you try to talk about it, it's a, there's so much just, we're stuck in our ways. Um, but we're trying, we're trying to break that. We're trying to get it. So, um, it's, it's hard having that discussion, but and it really just comes down to is, you know, I've been around some of the best minds in baseball. I've been around Wes Johnson. I've been around Matt Hobbs. I've been around Eric Cressy. I've been around Tom House. Um, And it's just, you know, I just, I take the information and I try to really um, figure out what is useful, right? I, you know, I saw your quote on Instagram the other day with Bruce Lee, you know, um, about taking, you know, taking in what is useful and discarding what is not. So, um, you know, that's kind of been the big, big thing for me. 100%. Dude, like that's huge. And that's where I've kind of been, diving down myself a little bit as the, the overall authenticity 
of things like what what that actually means because everyone has like their own definition or even put yeah. it anywhere there right like people have different definitions of certain things so i was curious to hear what other people's thoughts were on that right because you want things to be emerging naturally for the athlete not something that you're trying to um you know force them to do right early right. on you could really tell like oh hey yeah like that's a that's a you know, insert any program like, oh, that's a driveline guy, or that's a ranch guy, or that's a, uh, what's some other, like top V guy, because they had very distinct, uh, you know, ways of doing things or ways of cueing certain movements. Yep. yep. So then it, you could tell that like guys were trying to force things in a certain way. Um, yeah. Myself included here, like, you know, it's, it's just how the industry kind of came out to be, but you know, how do, how do we as coaches like allow some of those things to happen more organically? Right. So like you're saying, like, Hey, you're getting those measurements, you're getting, you know, hip IR, ER, which, you know, I still kind of struggle with in my head sometimes because what you might see on the table is totally different when they stand up and start to produce force. I'm sure you might've learned a little bit about that to yourself. Yeah. Uh, just from coaching and observing. Right. But you know, like what, what are they choosing to do without having any external influence from us coaches and then how to, how do we facilitate that for them to, you know, do that in, in games? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, the thing that I've tried to get away from and explain to people more of is I know that there's good intentions behind coaches. I get it you always want to be talking to your players and communicating with them. That's great. But sometimes I feel like kind of what Randy says, words can get in the way. And sometimes there's just way, way too much verbal cueing. Like for example, like if I'm working with a kid and there's a dad or someone working next to me with especially younger kids, it's, it's bad and younger kids. I see it because there's so much just talking, 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 just, not letting someone really figure their own body out to try and do it themselves. And because like self-organization, right? Like let the body self-organize based on, based on the goal. There's not a whole lot of that. Um, Especially where I'm at, there's tons of dads and, you know, there's no ill intention by them. I get that. But it's, again, it's just your, every pitch the kid makes, you have something to say after that. And that drives me absolutely insane. It's like, dude, you're giving him so much stimulus to think like to do like he's not going to be able to do what you're saying because he's just overloaded right now. So yeah, man. Skip ahead the next 60 seconds. If you don't want to find out about the company, I co-founded ink sports performance. So here's the scoop at ink sports performance. We get it. We were athletes ourselves, former college and professional pitchers. We were also perform- former college coaches as well. Rob and I, we don't do one-size-fits-all programs. We custom craft each training and throwing program and offer that one-on-one coaching support that you need where you're not just a number. We're all about that personal touch. We'll dive into your training videos, whip up some of the program designed to take you to your next level. Nothing cookie-cutter here. So... If you, one of your friends, or maybe a player that you know is serious about competing at the next level, hit us up on our website, give us a call, get that set up at inksportsperformance.com, 
And also, just a heads up, we're also very selective who we take, right? We only take a handful of dedicated athletes, and if you're not putting in the work, we'll have to say goodbye. So let's ink you in to the next level. It's it's so true, man. And, you know, I have to take a step back sometimes myself. I'm like, all right, like, am I saying too much to this kid? Are we getting yeah. too domed up? Are we looking at a bunch of these other different things, you know? And I've kind of just boiled it down where this last um, continuing education course I did at the Movement Academy, which was actually with football coaches, by the way, uh, <laughs> or just opening up more on like ecological dynamics and stuff that Randy kind of touches on. Um, but it's more of like, okay, like you want to phrase things like, Hey, show me how you can produce, you know, force in the ground or show me how quickly you can move your hips. Right. Versus getting super anatomical and be like, Hey, make sure that your hips in external rotation, you're doing this. And then that your tibia is internally rotated, you know, like all this weird stuff that they probably don't even realize what it means. Yep. Like us as coaches, we can talk about it and kind of still get it even then. Yeah. Still over some guys' heads, right? But yeah. You know, you can want that communication to be simple. Yeah. I mean, you can never assume that they know what you're talking about. Um, even if they're an experienced guy. Because, like, you know, for example, me at the University of Arkansas, um, you, from the outside looking in, you'd think, well, he knows a lot because he pitched at Arkansas or he knows a lot because of, you know, playing with those guys and having those coaches, not necessarily. And I'd say it's the same with guys that are in the big leagues, just because you're a big leaguer, just because you were a pro guy, it doesn't mean you know everything and know how to communicate it. So, um, which I think authenticity, you know, again, having your own way of being able to communicate that information, that's kind of what I would see as being authentic is your own way of being able to relay that information. So. I, I, that's, I like that definition for sure. And even like on the strength side of things, what I've noticed is like a lot of strength coaches have their own like personalities or their own like stamp <laughs> of ways of how they, you know, program. It's very it's true. Same thing, same thing even with throwing or like with certain cues and stuff like that. And like, you know, you're just sharing your perspective. You're sharing your piece of the puzzle. Yeah. You know, that your, your point of view, um, yeah. you know, but, I think like myself included here, like I think we need to learn how to just allow the players to explore and let them kind of figure things out themselves versus us having to say that we have all the answers or even say that they're doing things wrong. Right. You know what yeah. I mean? Like if, if you're constantly getting feedback of, Hey, I did something wrong. I did this wrong. I did this wrong. And I, I kind of realized that a few years ago and I had, athletes like they would throw a pitch and then they would immediately turn around and look to me and they're like how's that i was like i don't know how'd you feel dude <laughs> like i'm not going to be on the mound whenever you're in games i'm not going to give you feedback all the time like you got to learn how to feel this out yourself yeah no i think i think that's big big time for for them so yeah i mean that's that's been something i've i've struggled with seeing in, in kids it's you know, every pitch, I guess they're just so accustomed to like, they'll throw a pitch. And then, like you said, they'll, they'll kind of look at you and you're just like, what's up, man. And they're like, how was that? I'm like, 
it was good. Do it again. And you yeah, know, yeah. so, <laughs> you know, I just try to, I try not to overcomplicate things, especially in game scenario and then like in a bullpen oh. session. So, because the one thing that I can't stand more than anything is like the amount of talk that comes from the dugout to a player who's out there on the mound. And it's like, dude, just shut up and let him pitch. Like, it's okay if you're giving him some sort of goal, but if you're verbally cueing him to like get extended or stay back, like that could totally screw him up because Definitely. the amount of kids I see, for example, I had a kid yesterday I was working with and he had a really pushy arm action. And I was like, I was just kind of diving into his, to his life a bit. And I was like, so I got a question for you. I said, have you ever been told like, Hey, aim it when you throw it. And he was like, yeah, he's like, I've actually been told that a lot. And I was like, mm-hmm. now I can see where something kind of went wrong. That's what the root of it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, and that's where, to me, it really starts is with the youth kids, you know, and it's, it's hard. I get it because there's not a whole lot of one. I don't think data out there to evaluate youth kids and how sure. to, how to get them to train the right way. But I also think that dads and coaches who again are trying to do their best, I get it, but they're, they're in the way and yeah, they've, they've set a lot of kids on a path of, of almost kind of like destruction, I would say with how they throw and how they perform because they've, they've just been telling them, this is how you got to do it. And it probably screwed the kid up. So, yeah. Definitely can get in the way. I mean, even athletes themselves can kind of get in their their own way too. But, you know, I think it's, it, it does take a lot for a dad and I personally don't have any kids at the moment. Right. But like for a dad to kind of be like humble enough to say, okay, Hey, I don't know everything, even if they play professionally or whatever, like, and they're like, I need a different perspective and send them off or, you know, have someone else who, you know, might have a, a better solution for you know, something that my sons or daughter, whoever's, you know, struggling with, Yeah. Um, you know, so it's, it's definitely sometimes an ego blow, but you know, once you do it, you realize you're like, all right, cool. This actually will, will help them. Cause they're probably tired of hearing my voice all the time. Yeah. On the stand yeah. dug out if you're still coaching them and then coach pitch or whatever. Right. Like it, uh, it definitely helps them get a different perspective too. Yeah, I think, I mean, you hit the nail on the head. It's just putting your pride and ego away to, if you really, if you really do claim to care about your kid, which I know you do, but if you truly claim to care about them, then I think there's other resources out there that you should consider. And I get it. It's trust. Trust is a big thing that in today's society, especially, it took a lot of trust to go all the way out to Boston, Massachusetts and go see Eric Cressy and... I was doing stuff I had never done with him before. And I was just like, this is weird. I've never done a Turkish get up in my life, but dude, this Turkish is like, that's like the most complicated lift. You could probably teach someone. I yeah. Think. Granted I was 16. So I was, I was fairly developed, I would say, but um, again, it was so new to me and it, it, it just takes a leap of faith. So no doubt it definitely does. I mean, if, you know, we can kind of resonate with this a little bit more where we're kind of in the middle of nowhere in Arkansas and you have to kind of go out and take those leaps of faith a lot more than say someone who lives in Florida or California who has someone like in their backyard, they could probably 
help them just as much Yeah, uh, that, or even nowadays, right? Like you go on Instagram and you can find someone and DM them and then you got some help and some inf- information that way. Whereas we had to like full send, like, okay, let's go to this camp. Let's see what works and spit out, take the meat, spit out the bones. <laughs> That's know? it, man. Yeah. It was just, grinder you is what i called it in high school yeah. it's just dude you're on your own you have literally you're picking up anything you can throw as hard as you can throw it's like dude i'm doing everything i can to try and throw harder and i'm still not throwing harder so yeah, yeah. it's it's tough <laughs> well let, let's kind of dive into that a little bit i'm curious to hear a little bit more about your journey obviously you you know whenever you're younger you're at that um uca camp but what was your overall kind of like journey developing all the way up until, you know, you, you finished playing? Yeah. So when I was younger, I started doing, I guess you would call them pitching lessons. Um, there was a guy out of Maumelle, Arkansas. His name's Dwight Turpin. Do you know who that is? Does that ring any bells? I've heard the name, never met the guy. So Dwight Turpin and Jack McKnight, they worked at this place called Swing Away in Maumelle. Swing Away, yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, it was good. It was, it was a good first start for, for me. And although some of the methods I would say were a little dated, I will never regret going there because the relationships I was able to form with these people, like they were just great people. And sometimes that's all it takes is like a really good coach who believes in you to do something. So it was a good start. And then started branching out a little bit more my sophomore year. I was just crazy how this went down. My brother was in San Antonio visiting my grandparents and um, they were at church one evening. And there's a guy that goes to their church who is uh, an angels area scout by the name of Rudy Vasquez. And he gets talking to my brother who can just talk your ear off. And um, he's telling him how like, I got this brother who's really good at baseball and blah, 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 blah. And he's like, oh, okay. He's like, that's cool. Well, we're having a Tom house camp um, three day camp down here in San Antonio this next week. If you can get him a, a plane ticket down here, I'll let him go to the camp for free. So I'm thinking like, this is sweet. Tom house is like elite. He was Nolan Ryan's pitching guru. So I'm like, this yeah. is going to be awesome. So I fly down to San Antonio and spend three days, um, with all these other kids kind of working with Tom house. The first night was very visual on the board classroom, three hour presentation, which I loved. I took a ton of notes. I still have the notes on a little pad that I had at the time. Um, Um, and then the next day was really, um, us going out and doing the movements and and doing all these drills. And then really the third day was we threw like a 10, 15 pitch bullpen and he kind of really motivated us um, and talked to us. But no, that was a really great camp in the sense that I had never had like a routine before. Mm-hmm. And I started to find a routine pre-game and post-game of what Give to do. Structure to kind of run with at first, yeah. Yeah, it was great. So you know, I was doing like POWs, so like keeping my arms above my head and like doing all these things with the weighted balls. And my shoulders were absolutely on fire, but like my arm literally had never felt better. So I was I was doing all these different things. Um, and I say I did that that warm up kind of throughout my entire high school career, it just felt really good. I never had any arm pain whatsoever. Um, so it worked for me. And, um, I think my junior year is when I discovered Cressy. So I went to another pitching guy who's out of Elizabeth, Elizabethton, Kentucky. His name's Joe Newton. 
Um, they run the players dugout, which a lot of his stuff is like Tom's. Um, but anyway, he, I came in for a, a velocity test and, you know, I had pulled down like 86 or 87, which, you know, for me was good. And, um, I was just a little guy. And so he was like, I think you should see a really, really good strength coach. So he was like, Eric Cressy is probably one of the best. So, um, my family, you know, I was very fortunate to have parents that were willing to do all these things for me. So shout out mom and dad. That was big time. Um, but anyway, we, uh, we get in touch with Cressy and we fly out to Boston and I spend about a week there and I'm doing all these different assessment, like weird stuff to me. Like at the time it's like, what is going on? Like, I have no idea what this stuff is. So I'm doing all these assessments. I'm doing this crazy warm-up routine that's like 25 minutes foam rolling soft tissue work and i'm like going through it and i'm like dude i'm feeling kind of good like this is legit my body's and, primed yeah let's go. yeah i'm primed i'm ready baby and then uh we would i mean i worked out for about a week there they gave me my individualized plan of uh lifts and mobility to work on and even nutrition and I'd say that really helped my senior year, especially. So I was a sidearm pitcher. So take that into account. My freshman year of high school, I was 76 to 78. I could throw a lot of strikes, had a three pitch mix. I was actually throwing at a higher arm slot at the time. Sophomore year, same thing. Junior year, I decided to drop down my arm slot. I grew up watching DJ Baxendale, who I thought okay. was an absolute monster in high school. Yeah. And I loved that he threw from the sidearm and I, I loved it. And it felt so good throwing from there. So I just, I just did. And, uh, you know, junior year, I was 82, 83. And then senior year, I was averaging 84, 85. I popped an 87 at state tournament. And, um, you know, I was just, I was feeling really good. And I, I'd say that's kind of where it started. And then, you know, uh, I probably gained about 15 pounds. I was, dude, I, when I tell you I was little, I was 120 20 pounds my freshman year. And I went from 120 to about 155 um, my senior year, which is still really lightweight. But for me, it was, again, like, dude, you gained quite a bit of weight. Um, and I'm just, I was a small kid. I was 5'10", five, 5'11", five, five, uh, 155 pounds. So not real big. And then um, going past high school baseball, I leave and go to Cincinnati, Ohio and play for the Midland Redskins who are, it's like an invite only team out of, uh, out of Ohio. Um, really cool experience. Very, very good prep for college. I would say being away, living with a host family, um, traveling, went to Las Vegas and played in a tournament. We went to the Connie Mac world series in New Mexico, which was really cool. Um, so that was a really great experience. Got to play with a few of my teammates who would be at Arkansas. So Casey Opitz, um, that was, that was really cool. And then after that, you know, rolling to campus, Wes Johnson, day one, absolutely crushes my soul with sleds and, um, plate pushes and skater hops and all this stuff. But I absolutely loved it because that guy made me tougher, um, than, than any, than anyone I know. So, you know, um, it was big for me was, you know, a kid who was kind of timid and, um, wasn't really vocal. And, um, Wes kind of brings out your demon. He always talks about, he's like, we got to find your dark side. Um, yeah, find your dark side. That's a big Tim Grover thing 
who is Michael Jordan's Jordan mental coach. Those two guys are really big on the dark side, yeah. Yeah, which, you know, I am too, man. I think everybody has a dark side, and uh, sometimes you got to find it. Now, you don't necessarily need to be that way all the time, but no. um, in that competition moment, like, it's big. So, And he found – I mean, it was really simple with Wes, man. Like, And I, I thought he was very fair, and there's going to be guys that probably think he was unfair. But to me, it was like, if you were soft – you weren't going to pitch for him and he kind of broke you and it was good. I think I'll, I think that year, cause you know, the year before at Arkansas, they had had a horrible year in 2016. Yeah. Um, it was bad. And then West comes in and you got the same pitchers basically um, plus a few freshmen and he transformed our pitching staff and it's electric. Like you got Trevor Steffen from Hill junior college who comes in as a closer and he's he becomes our Friday night guy, and now he's pitching for the freaking Cleveland Guardians, and he's he's killing it. So, it. yeah, yeah. So Wes was Wes was big for us. Uh, there were days that I hated my life because I knew we were going to get crushed, and there was nothing you could do about it. Like this, yeah, dude. It was like you know I compare it, and I've never been through SEAL training. I don't know how that would go, but. Wes was big on the Navy SEALs, and I was like, is he trying to make us Navy SEALs or baseball players? But didn't know um, he was towing that line a lot, huh? He was, yeah, dude. Like it was it was crazy sometimes. But super thankful for Wes. He's a great guy and very passionate and just a great coach. Um, and then my last two years as a player, um, it was actually kind of weird. That fall of 18, I had just gotten back from um, summer ball in California. I played three summers out in California, which was, which was really cool. Um, and then that fall, um, Wes is in and out a lot. And, you know, we're kind of wondering like what's going on. And he had been interviewing for, for different jobs, um, with big league clubs. And, um, he took one, he took the twins job and yeah. it was about November, uh, Thanksgiving when we found out he was not coming back, which, for me, it was it kind of sucked because I really loved Coach Johnson. He was really, really good dude, and um, he cared a lot. And I, I'm not sitting here saying all coaches don't care, but man, he just he had such a good way of relating to his players. So, yeah. um, but then anyway, we're on Thanksgiving break, and um, I guess I found out on Twitter again. Twitter seems to be the best thing for finding out information. Right. Or even now, like, you know, baseball tonight or like ESPN guys find out they get traded that way too. You're just like, what? <laughs> Guess I'm traded. <laughs> yeah. No joke. Uh, but no, I found out that Matt Hobbs was going to be our pitching coach. I had yeah. never heard of, I had never heard of Matt. And um, yeah. I was a little intimidated at first because I didn't know who he was um, from everybody we talked to. We, you know, it's kind of funny. Like nobody knew anything Wake, about him. Right? He was coming from Wake at that time. Yeah, yeah, Wake Forest, and uh, nobody on our team really knew a lot about him, and but we knew some players that might have played for him. So I remember our team, our pitching staff, we kind of came together like, "Who is this guy? We got to find out who this guy is." Yeah. And um, from what we were told, he was very intense. So we were thinking, like, "Oh, great, we got, we got, we got another Coach Johnson. This will be perfect." <laughs> um, but he comes in. I have my initial meeting with him. Super intimidating dude. I would describe him as he's staring into your soul as he's talking to you. Um, but I mean, you know, after that, man, he's he's a great guy. I, I love Matt. He's, I'd say we were 
we were pretty close um, player coach relationship. And then on the coaching side, we, we were really close, but um, a lot of his stuff was more driveline based, I believe. So typical day with him would be, we'd come in, we'd roll out, do soft tissue work, whereas opposed to Wes, we'd come in and really just start pushing sleds from the get go. Um, hmm. But with Matt, it was more, you know, we're doing this dynamic, we're doing soft tissue work. Um, we're doing T-spine work. We're doing, you know, all these different stretches and kind of building into med ball throws and, um, and then finally your plyo throws and then your catch play. So with him is a little different. And, uh, I'd say it was, a, it was a lot more, um, just independence where you were kind of in charge of your own routine, which I liked. Um, I thought it was cool. Um, but he was our coach for 19 season and obviously uh, the 20 season when COVID hit. And at the time I was, I was having a pretty good year out of the bullpen. Um, and then man, COVID hit and it was like, damn, um, what's going to happen now? And I had already kind of given some thought as to, to what I was going to do next. And um, I just didn't see a whole lot of professional baseball really working out in my future. And that's a hard conversation to kind of have, but no, it's a, it's, it's a lot of realization that you got to kind of think to yourself. You're like, all right, I got to, there, there does need to be a certain level of delusion when you're playing and you're trying to aspire to play professional baseball, but there's also a point where you're like, okay, like do I even have a chance, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And that was something for me that was, you know, I had pretty much come to grips with it. I would say, you know, I had, you know, my entire career there, you know, we would have scout meetings kind of in the fall where the players would go in and talk to these scouts, do all these different reports mm -hmm. with them. Do all the and, questionnaires and all that. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll never forget. And the, uh, I guess it was the fall right before uh, we started the 2020 season. I'm up there on a weekend working out, just getting some work in and uh, nobody's really at the field. I come back over from the weight room and I see a bunch of guys showing up. I'm like, what are y'all doing here? And, uh, like we got scout meetings today and I was like, Oh, okay, cool. And I was like, see ya. And I was leaving. And one of the, one of my teammates, I don't remember who it was, but he's like, where are you going? I'm like, I'm going home. And he was like, we have scout meetings. I was like, yeah, you guys have scout meetings. Uh, I do not. And, uh, one of my buddies just, he's like, Hey, just stick around. He's like, you never know. You might be on one of their lists. Um, so I stuck around and it's kind of funny, man. Like, um, I was on like five teams list to, to just talk with and have a conversation with and do questionnaires. And, you know, although it wasn't like anything crazy, it was, it was cool. And, um, yeah. I was really grateful for that opportunity that, you know, teams had some interest, um, initial interest. So that was a cool experience to, to have, I'd say. No doubt. That's awesome that, you know, I mean, sometimes you just got to kind of take a chance on yourself or just be like, Hey, like, do you have any interest? Yeah, it really does. It not necessarily like, I think a lot of us as players and myself, like probably take it a little personally of uh, it's like, Oh, Hey, like they're not interested. No, like they just, it's not a good fit for you to be in their organization at the moment based on all the guys that they have in there currently. Right. Right. Wherever you're at. Cause whenever you, once you get on one team, you're now playing for all 30 or 29 other teams. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's nothing personal. It's just, it's not. It's just yeah, they're just trying to find guys. And most of the time, they find someone who's already in their organization that fits their profile uh, yeah. or a guy that fits that that's already, you know, up and coming or has a little more upside, maybe a few more years under their belt. Um, 
you know, or someone who's like, oh, hey, this is the exact same guy as this. He just got injured, injured or whatever. So like we can put him in that spot. Um, yeah. To kind of be, for lack of better terms, an inning filler, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. So no, yeah, was... I was definitely, I had a similar situation where, you know, I went to a D2 school, West Sam State, kind of middle of nowhere, um, HBCU. And, you know, a lot of the other guys, they were getting like looks and they were getting questionnaires and scouts would just more so like it was very more off the cuff, not necessarily you yeah. one, but they would just walk up to him and hand him like these questionnaires. And then like, you know, my senior year, I was like, well, I'm older. Oh, this is my my fifth year. I still haven't gotten any interest. So odds are I'm, I probably just need to focus on coaching. But yeah, last year here. So. I just had that realization. I was like, if I continue to play, you know, it, I could do in, in independent ball, but it would just be an absolute uphill climb the entire time. Yeah. No, oh, nothing yeah. against guys who take that route. And there's definitely some, you know, who, who excel through that. Um, you know, I just had that realization. When I was like, I'm doing everything I can and I might need surgery after this year. <laughs> if I continue to keep throwing. So I was like, okay. Yeah. I, we're probably going to call it here. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but then I guess um, there, right. From that, now you're using that experience to how you're coaching now. So how, how's that been going for you? You know, what, what, if you've had any challenges or maybe different perspectives of now becoming a coach, um, you know, how's that kind of molded who you are? Yeah, man, it's uh, it's been good. I'd say in 2021 when I kind of um, – that was my first really coaching experience. I stayed on with the Hogs, and I was our bullpen coach. And um, it was um, it was interesting. You know, as a player, you always feel like you're grinding as a player, just working. Um, but as a coach, man, I tell you, like, even as a student assistant, you know, not being paid, it's like – it's work. And, uh, if you, if you truly care, like it's work. And I know the guys that, you know, I was with like DJ Baxendale was working with me. Um, and then, you know, I had Zach Barr and, you know, we were doing a lot of things to help Matt out because Matt's obviously super busy. Um, mm. but you know, we were doing, we were doing a lot of things. We were doing overlays, you know, we're building these pitch reports for guys in the fall. You know, we take all the track man data and we compile it and we build these um, reports for them to kind of go over at the end of the fall. So, um, that was, that was the cool aspect of doing that. And then also in game role, being the bullpen coach down the bullpen, um, managing the bullpen a little bit, like, you know, getting guys ready to throw, getting them hot, definitely, sitting them back down. You get a lot of feel for that role, right? Like, you got yes, make- yes, absolutely. I mean, because the game, you know, at, at Arkansas, especially it's a quick, it's a, it's a quick trigger sometimes, and it might be he walks a guy and it's like, Marshall, get him hot. And it's like, all right, here we go. So uh, and it's just it moves very fast. So you have to um, you have to be flexible, I would say, to, to do gotta that. Role. that. Got to have that. Oh, shit. Warm up in your back pocket. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. You you have your you have your regular warm up and then you got, oh, I'm pulling this right out of my butt and doing it right <laughs> now. So um which, you know, we had a few of those instances and it's kind of funny to talk about now. I would say I would never talk about this in front of the coaches at the time, but I had a kid one time with two, two great stories, bullpen stories. First time, um, I got a kid named Gabe Starks. Uh, 
Pine Bluff kid throws a million miles an hour. Um, and we're in, we're in a game or I think it was a, yeah, I think it was in, in the spring. And, um, I'm like, they call down they're like, Hey, get Starks going like right now. And I'm like, okay. And I'm like, Gabe, we got to go. And, uh, Gabe is just a very easygoing guy. And, uh, he, very, very think, nonchalant, you know, very, yeah. Um, <laughs> and he wasn't trying to be, uh, he's, that's just who he is. And, um, yeah. I'm like, Gabe, we got to go. And like, they're, they're calling me and they're like, Marshall, you have to get him on the mound right now. And I'm just like, Oh, I'm about to lose my job. And, um, finally get him on the mound. Um, he gets his glasses fixed on his, on his head. Um, and then he throws probably two pitches to the catcher and Dave's walking out to get him. And I send Gabe out there and he punched out the side and was 96 to 97. And I was just like scratching my head as to how this just happened. But, um, that was a really funny experience. And then another time the golden spikes winner, who's a good friend of mine, Kevin cops, we're in the bullpen and, uh, he takes the green drive line ball. And I can't remember if he was doing reverse flips or if he was doing pivot picks, but he legit throws it over the bullpen into the hog pen. <laughs> and I'm just like <laughs> big, big time game, like sec game. This happens. It goes sailing. And I'm just like, Oh my gosh, Kevin, what, what, did, what just happened? And Kevin being Kevin just kind of laughs about it. And he gets on the mound and then he goes out and he dominates. But it was, that was just one of the funniest things that happened. That's in the bullpen was seeing that dry line ball fly over. So, Oh man. <laughs> but, um, Anyway, back to back to your original question, man. I, I've, uh, you know, just being able to be a student of the game and, and learning, um, kind of really post career at Arkansas, uh, diving into to Randy's stuff. You know, I'd always kind of admired him from afar as well as everything he'd done, uh, starting with his original facility, and I think it was like 2015, maybe when he had the first armory. Yeah, I was there. And, Right there. That's when I started doing sock throws for my shoulder. Yeah. Yeah. And uh man, I I I had followed him and I thought he was awesome. And um, you know, Wes was big on him. And then I obviously follow him on Twitter and Instagram. And so I was like, you know what? I'm gonna do this coach's course and because I think it's gonna be very valuable. And it was, it was extremely valuable, the amount of information I learned. You know, You're talking I, about the the Savage certification, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was for those who are listening that don't know. That's the Savage. Yeah, yeah. Savage Savage Pitching Coach certification, um, highly beneficial, man. Like just learning uh, everything with, with with the movement and teaching movement over mechanics. Like that was big for me. Kind of shifted your thought process a lot. Yeah, yeah, I'd say so. Um, you know, and I had kind of my last few years at Arkansas, I'd kind of given in to like. Like, hey, it really is about the movement because Blaine was teaching a lot of movement. You know, Zach Deccan obviously teaches a ton of movement at TCU. And it's like, that, yeah. that's, that's the stuff that matters. Um, and initially, I kind of knew that going in. But, yeah, I mean, full-blown, like, just now my attention is fully on we got to teach the movement. Like, if you teach that over the mechanics, like, it's, it's going to translate. If you're sitting here harping on mechanics, 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 like, I feel like you could be wasting your time. So, um, yeah, you're kind of talked to a wall there. Yeah. So, um, his, uh, his course was sweet. And then I also 
you know, I, uh, I was able to download the, uh, I've purchased the, uh, baseball acquisition summit, which is, um, Zach Deccan, Blaine Kinsley. Um, there's a few other college strength and conditioning coaches on there and they go through, um, all the different phases. So they're talking about speed, um, strength, power, hypertrophy, like everything. Um, and it was, it was really, really helpful. They're really long PowerPoints and, um, yeah, you got, just, you got a nice little crash course of basically like what a, a thick CSCS uh, certification would give you. Yeah, yeah. So, which, you know, I've given a lot of thought to and I I really, I would love to pursue it just from the sense of learning more because I'm all about learning, man. Like, I'm not going to sit here and tell you I have everything figured out and I never will tell you that because there's so much information. You're a great coach, Marshall. Yeah. No, you, so, your willingness to continue to learn. Yeah, man. So, I mean, that's just kind of where I'm at is like any information I can get, like, you know, whether it's, you know, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm trying to get away from some of my old ways. Cause like you, I, I, I used to do the towel drill a lot mm-hmm. and that's something like nowadays I would stay away from just because it could corrupt something. Yeah. Um, so, well, you know, it's kind of a blend of, it could be, yeah. sure. and I, yeah. I always have that in the back of my head too, or it's like, is this benefiting? Is it translating? If it's not, there's a disconnect there. Not yeah. that it's always corrupting, but it's like you got to have your your best return on training time because you don't want to waste time. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, for me, man, it's just been kind of blending everything. You know, sure. talk, going back to that word, authenticity, you know. I know. I, think, I keep going back to it, too. This is why I'm like, this is like the thing that I'm kind of getting so, grabbed more. Yeah. And, and I saw someone with a really good answer, um, to your question on that post and it went along the lines of, you know, basically everything we have is borrowed and I couldn't, you know, that's, that's so true. Like, you know, you might have a different way of presenting the information, but a lot of this stuff is just borrowed. Like, you know, yeah. you didn't necessarily uh, figure, figure yeah, all this out on your for own. The, for the listeners here is nothing of me is original. I'm combined. I am the combined effort and influence of everyone I've ever met or known. And must always still like an artist, but learn, adapt, blend, and create an ever evolving masterpiece. That's spot on. I mean, yeah. I think, you know, that's, that's kind of what it is, man. Whether it's me taking information from Randy Sullivan, whether it's me taking information from Cressy, Kinsley, Johnson, Garrison, Ben Brewster, like all these people, man, it's like, they have some really valuable information and it's really me combining it all in a way that I think I can teach it and apply it to a kid. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I dude, I think that's a good spot to end on right there. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Well, Marshall, I really appreciate you coming on, dude. Um, Where can the listeners find you? Um, You know, Insta, Twitter handles, what you got? Yeah. So uh, I'd say Twitter is my, my main my main account, you can find me. It's just um, at Marshall underscore Denton. Really, really simple there. So <laughs> love it. Keep it simple. Keep, so. keep it simple, baby. Um, and that's that's really where you can find me if you if you if you want to reach out or anything. My DMs are always open. So sweet. That's awesome, dude. Well, appreciate it. And for those of you listening, stay in the zone.